Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Little Better. This is Aaron Hickson, Henrietta Campus Pastor from Northridge Church. Thanks for listening in or watching the podcast again this week. We're so glad that you are here. And also, I uh, want to give a special shout out to our guest this week, Mark Nelson from the Greece Campus. What's up, Mark? Hey guys, not, not a whole lot. How are, how's everyone? <laughs> I think I can speak for the entire listening audience and say we're the all doing world. just so well. And the whole world is listening, let me tell you. The listenership is very broad <laughs> for this podcast. But um, yeah, Mark, thanks for joining in. Um, this is another time we we mixed up the schedule on Drew. I, I, honestly, I don't even think I told him that we were recording today. <laughs> so his lack of presence here is 100% my fault. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're like most things, like most things. Yeah. Like most things, but thank you so much for um, you know speaking this week and for jumping in on church perks. I know your your take on judgment was one that uh, we we talked about this a long time ago. You picked that topic well before the world was the way that it is right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before a lot of the craziness that that, that right. we're living in now. And uh, I I don't know if I would have chosen that passage had I known what was. <laughs> In front of us, maybe maybe I would have, but it certainly oh felt goodness. a little differently than I expected it to feel. Right, right. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Thanks for tackling it, and in many ways, no better person to handle it than you. You love uh, you love a little nuance and a little uh, sharp distinction between two similar ideas. So I, I love that you got to be the person to be a little pedantic about it. You and I love being a little pedantic when possible. Love the pedantics, don't we? <laughs> Whatever, pedantic when possible. That should be our first tattoo. Mm-hmm. I, like um, I I don't plan to get that as a tattoo, let the record show. But um, actually, before we jump into the more serious stuff about judgment, and I have a couple um, you know, questions and lines of questioning I'd like to walk through with you. Um, talk to me a little bit about Nelson's summer plans. Any good stories, anything coming out of your summer so far? Man, it has been a weird summer for sure. Um, we had a hard time actually figuring out like whether we could actually do vacation what that would look like. And we just hopefully you weren't planning to go to Georgia, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. No, we, we, we removed that, but no, we, we, um, we had a hard time, you know, pinning it down, but we just said, you know, we got to force this. We got to make this work for the sake of our family sanity and, you know, time together and all that. Sure. Excuse me. So we, we did finally book something and, you know, I think it's, it's like a curse on our family or something that every time we plan a family trip, like a vacation for a week, um, man, you can bank on the fact that our vehicle that we're planning on taking is going to break down within a week before we leave. It always happens. And it happens oh, this time. Our vehicle, our main vehicle that we use as a family just broke down. And I was worried like, man, can nice. we even get this thing fixed? But man, we, we had our mechanic come through for us. So that was a relief. I love it. Talk about an essential worker. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, really. really. I feel like you're right. This has happened before. I've heard stories. I remember you talking about like your van's transmission going while pulling a pop-up camper and like a hundred years from anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, that was actually on our way back, back from a vacation. We were coming back from camping, pulling our pop-up and uh, we're about halfway home and the the transmission just said, nope. Oh my God. And uh, just failed on us on the interstate. And so... You know, that was a whole ordeal, but (laughs) making it through that, that's a dangerous thing Mm -hmm. to have go on you. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. But, um, 
yeah, you guys apparently have had some tough moments there. Um, but speaking of being pedantic, okay, um, yeah. I noticed this, and I feel like it always comes up whenever I'm thinking about the topic of judgmentalism. Um, do you are you team judgment J U D G E M E N T or no E? Are you like the word judge and then meant or yeah. just? you know, truncated a little bit and throw mint on there. What, what are you? Yeah. For a long time, I was a purist, you know, and I was <laughs> definitely team judge with an E meant. Okay. But u- ultimately I gave that o- over to the Lord and, and uh, I dropped the E at some point, <laughs> got with the current culture. So yeah, oh, I'm good. Funny. I'm good either way, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm going to say I'm consistent, but honestly, I bet if you were to look back at everything I've ever written, I'd probably go back and forth. But what I get frustrated with is that the, you know, the little squiggly red underline that means you spelled yeah. something wrong. It, for me, it, when I use the E, which I think is my tendency, it, it underlines it as if it's wrong. And I guess I wish it was a little more open-minded like right. <laughs> about, sure. about the spelling. Cause it does feel like there's a, some judgment, a judgment call. <laughs> there's, yeah. It's a matter of preference, if you will. And yeah, so I'm pretty um, sure artificial intelligence is not very open-minded. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably true. Google is not known for that, but um, yeah, I I've, I've wrestled through that over the years and it's a little bit like the Oxford comma. You always have to have, you have mm. to make your choice. And the, the the grammar tools also prefer the Oxford comma, which I don't. So I guess I'm on the wrong side of autocorrect with most of this stuff. But I think you just proved you are a little bit more pedantic than I am. <laughs> That's just what I need. That's just what I need in my life. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But anyway, thanks for covering judgment and for also telling me about your spelling preferences. That's a very big deal. Um, one question that I think we have to go over Um and I remember having this thought a little bit as I was listening, maybe at your pre-preach, and then you brought it up again, is Jesus specifically says in the old King James, judge not, lest ye be judged, right? Lest that's ye. like, yes. lest ye be judged. <laughs> and that's probably, um, you know, many people's favorite verse in the Bible. It might, they might not know anything about its context or who said it or anything. Right. They love it. Um, so help me understand how Jesus can say, judge not lest ye be judged. And yet you say in your message that judgment is essentially a good thing. Like mm-hmm. those feel, how is Jesus saying, don't do it, but you're saying it's essentially good. Yeah, man, that's a great question. And I think you're right. Like, I think that's probably one of the most popular verses in the Bible, you know, especially <laughs> in days of, you know, I think throwing around judgment fairly easily and and people being, you know, fairly easily offended. And so I think it's, yeah, it's important to understand that. And I, I would say that Jesus and Paul's uh, perspective on this are very, very much the same, you know, and, and just mm-hmm. as Paul was able to say, you know, you shouldn't judge one another at the very same time, he's saying, but use, you know, use good judgment and what you do. And, and Jesus was basically saying the same thing. And you mentioned context, like in that larger context there, and uh, I think it's Matthew seven, it's the sermon on the Mount, you know, Jesus most famous sermon. And he's, He's saying, yes, don't judge because you don't want to be judged. But then he goes on right after that in the very same context to actually talk about the fact that there's going to be times where we're going to actually need to serve one another. We talked about this in the message by being spec removers uh, for mm-hmm. one another. And but his, his point is this. But as you are helping one another in spec removing and mo- removing the speck out of your brother's eye, man, be careful not to, first of all, have a huge log in your own eye. So Jesus wasn't against speck removal or judgment, you could say, 
but he was against us, just like Paul was, uh, you know, doing that in the wrong spirit, having a judgmental or, uh, you know, having a hypocritical spirit, really, um, when we sure. do that. Like you, you, that's, that's on you. That's not me. Like you struggle with that. I don't. And that judgmentalism, <laughs> as opposed right. to using good judgment, like. That's right. That's the distinction. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I even think of um, like a place where I, I use that, that Greek term, uh, klino, Mm-hmm. is as an example of you know the way that Paul's using the same word in two different ways and on the one side he's he's saying hey don't judge one another with a critical spirit but just in the next breath he says but hey you got to use good judgment and that word can be used either way and and actually Jesus uses it in a very positive way uh in another place in John where okay. some some people a uh, Jewish a uh, Jewish crowd is actually challenging him because he uh he performed a healing on the sabbath and they were all up in arms about it and Jesus' response basically was right back at them. It was, hey, to, to be real, like you guys, you will actually obey the law of Moses on a Sabbath. You actually perform like a, circumcis- a circumcision on a boy and you do that on the Sabbath and you think nothing of it. Um, but you're now all bent out of shape because I healed on the Sabbath. And I think that's really interesting because you might remember from the message on Sunday, we talked about the value of a person over the value of an issue. And here is a case in scripture where this Jewish crowd is actually doing just the opposite. They're actually valuing the issue and they're not valuing the fact that Jesus actually, you know, stepped into this life and healed this, healed this person that was sick. So that's, Mm -hmm. I think, pretty important to recognize too. And does he, does he use that, you know, Greek term in that same passage? Exactly. That's the exact same Greek term that Jesus would have used. he says, uh, don't judge. What, what's the, oh, what's yeah, the yeah. quote? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus words. And I have it right in front of me here. Uh, Jesus says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge, you know, uh, judge correctly is what Jesus okay. said. So, so he's, he's about judging correctly in that sense. And he defines correctly in this case as being people over issues. Yeah. Um, people are more important than issues, which yeah. I think I've heard Andy Stanley say, um, you are more important than my view. I think it's something like that. Like he yeah. talks about how like in this world of pluralistic ideas, you know, where we should be able to interact with people who we disagree with on various things. We have to keep in mind that the you in front of you is more important than your view, whoever you're talking to, which of course he's like amazing with a turn of phrase, but like, I just yeah. think that's so key for us to keep in mind is that anytime we're talking about a debatable issue, especially when we're talking about maybe a debatable issue, but even if it's not debatable, I mean, frankly, even right. if it's not debatable, the people in our life are still more important in that yes. sense than whether or not we can convince them. They are humans with dignity and we need to treat them as such without wavering, of course, on the truth. We would never waver on the truth, but that's, you know, um, we still have to understand that people are more important than our view. Yeah. And what I find fascinating about our culture today is that people are like ready to strike, right? Like they're postured mm-hmm. for like this gotcha moment. If they can simply right, catch somebody right. doing something, keep going on that. Can, then it, I gotta grab something. Oh, keep going. <laughs> there goes Aaron. If they can catch somebody doing something that you know can, they can then expose to really kind of reinforce their own viewpoint. I think, man, people are ready for for that kind of a moment, and I think mm-hmm. we—that's where we have an opportunity as followers of Jesus to portray something completely different. You know, right. instead of a gotcha moment, maybe we could call it a gracia moment. Like I'm going to, I'm not <laughs> looking to catch you in, in something that I don't agree with. 
No, I'm looking to when there's a, an occurrence of something that I don't necessarily enjoy, I'm looking to actually grace you in that moment and mm. you know display God's grace for you. What a powerful thing that would be if we right. would live that out more. I know I don't live that out as, as much as I ought to. Right. Gotcha. Social media is all about gotcha and it's all about canceling and all about finding, right. you know, digging up an old tweet or whatever you can do to expose right. um, and say, gotcha. And Whereas, we tend to, yeah, no, I think we tend to judge deeply based on very surface factors. So I just think that's ironic that we tend to judge so deeply, but we do it on such surface factors. You just mentioned a lot of them, you know, whether right. it be a tweet or, you know, just something someone's wearing or whatever. Yeah. And you listed a whole bunch in your talk about when it comes to dis disputable matters, like, right. did you post? Did you not post? What are you wearing? Uh, how many kids do you have? <laughs> how many kids do you not have? How do you educate them? Whatever, like that long list of ways that we tend to judge. And, you know, of course, when it comes, I, I understand the instinct in the gotcha and cancel, because especially when we're talking about really important stuff, like, you know, the dignity and value of all of lives, right, you know what I mean? right. that kind of thing. Um, I understand why when someone tweets something that seems to imply their view, it, it betrays their real heart, right? Because we would we would say, just like Jesus said, out of the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. The heart if you're speaks. giving me a view into your heart um, with what you say out of your mouth, it un it's understandable that we would jump to quick judgments, right? but we are not personally very excited when that same lens is turned back on us. Well, what I meant was, and you have to understand the context and didn't you see the rest of the right. tweet thread or whatever, you know, like we're looking for grace whenever things that we've said are used against us and we have no time for an explanation when someone else's words expose them. So we love getting grace, but not giving it <laughs> maybe. Well, and, and you hit right on the, the real factor in all of that. And it's because these are people that we really don't know, right? Mm -hmm. We get a view of their heart, a, a quick snippet of a thought that they had. And yes, at some level, that's going to come from the overflow of their heart, but we really don't know them enough to trust them in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll make the misjudgment in that case when we don't want that same misjudgment made in our direction by people that don't know us very well. Right. We're, we'll call them haters if they don't know us, <laughs> but yet we are one <laughs> sometimes, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you talked about how matters of preference are no judgment zones. Um, for one, every, whenever I think of the no judgment zone, I immediately think of Planet Fitness because <laughs> I was a part of that gym for a while. Rest right. in peace, gyms, when you could go to a gym. Um, but uh, they were a no judgment zone. But of course, ironically, what they really meant is we don't judge you unless you're a lunk because that was their whole thing was there was like the lunk alarm. And if you wore like, a sleeveless shirt and would like pound the weights and grunt, they would actually set off the alarm and you'd get like, did, were you ever there when a lunk alarm went off? Have you ever been I'm not there? a Planet Fitness guy. Okay. Planet okay. Fitness guy. I'm not a Planet <laughs> Fitness guy. But I think was, they serve pizza there, don't they? They serve pizza. They serve donuts. <laughs> they serve bagels. And like literally, I was there sometimes when uh, like the lunk alarm went off and it was terrifying. Like they have this big light and it's like, and like makes a siren noise. And anyway, it's because somebody was being a lunk, which is their definition okay. of a person who's overdoing it in the in the weight room. And so the funny thing is, of course, it's a no judgment zone. But what they really mean is we've established some criteria and we'll only judge you if you break these certain criteria, which is honestly a decent breakdown of how we all operate. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, hey, man, I, I don't judge. I don't judge unless, of course, you do these two or three or four or 10 things, in which case I do. But <laughs> yeah, well, and that's just the point, right? Like it's 
It's literally not possible for us, regardless of what our worldview is, to not make judgments. Like we all have to make them and we make probably hundreds of them every day. But, you know, again, you know, that, that's where, you know, we need a correct understanding of what, what it means to judge well. Yeah, for sure. And that's why, so why is the church positioned particularly well yeah. to offer no judgment, but wisdom? What, what about yeah. the way we're structured is good for that? Right. And that's, I feel like that's really the heart of that sermon. And hopefully people caught it. It's, it's the heart of this church perks series. It's that the church is uniquely positioned to offer certain perks that you just won't find anywhere else. You're not going to find them at Planet Fitness, even though Planet Fitness is going to have amazing perks like donuts and pizza. <laughs> no, but but you're, you are going to, seriously though, you are going to find, and, and I think I put it this way, that you know we're at the intersection of those two roads of complete acceptance. We can be accepted fully in Christ, accepted fully by God, um, but at the same time, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be left in our, in our sinful condition. We're not going to be left in a condition that's ultimately not best for us. God loves us too much for that. And so he's mm-hmm. calling us to something better. And so that's the, the beautiful crossroad of that acceptance. Yes, I can know I'm loved at the deepest level. But at the same time, man, because I'm loved at the deepest level, I am being called to, you know, that which is better than what I am right now. So then how do, um, okay, as somebody who grew up in church, every once in a while I would hear, you know, oh, the church is so judgmental, or I used to go to your church, but I felt so judged or whatever. And I feel like I'm, whenever somebody who's far from God levies a complaint against the church, I try not to be quick to, to dismiss it because one, who wins when you do that? You know what right. I mean? Like, no, yeah. we're not. We're, you know, because <laughs> at the end of the day, we also, we probably, they're probably right. You know, like right. almost anything you would say about the church in a negative sense has probably been true at some point. And it's hard to argue with people's experiences. But at the same time, there have been some people that I know who have said that. And I thought, man, I was in the room when that was said, you know, the thing yeah. that is, that is hurting their feelings or that is making them leave. I was there when that was said. And man, I, I really don't feel like it was very judgmental. I really felt like it came from a place of acceptance and offered to this person as a piece of life advice, as a piece of wisdom for what their best future would look like. So what do we do about that reality of like, there are going Mm -hmm. to be people who leave saying, crying foul, you're judgmental. Yeah, we have to hold the line, right? So like, what, what do we do about that person who's now left under what we feel like are false pretenses? Like, what's the win in that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if I have a great answer. But I, <laughs> but I think, honestly, I, I think that's going to happen, right? I don't think there's any way we're going to totally avoid that scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And some people are going to walk away and they're going to misread and, you know, misjudge the situation. And then other times, they're going to probably be correct. And Maybe there was a spirit that was a little bit unhealthy that was mm-hmm. not even sensed by the person that said it. So I think sure. both can be true, but I think whenever we're able to detect that something like that happened, I think then we have a responsibility to to see if we can make restoration. So, man, I, I really feel badly that that's the way that that was experienced. It wasn't what I intended, but you know what? Could have said it better. Can you forgive me for my inability to to say that well, you know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of attitudes, I think go a long way in Mm -hmm. helping to restore 
um, offenses. And then I think, again, this points to your former question that I really didn't, I probably didn't answer in full. The real full answer, the complete answer is the only way we're able to do this is Mm -hmm. because God gave his own life up for us on the cross and through the blood of Jesus, you know, accepted us uh, as his adopted children. And man, because of that, we who were completely offensive to him have been welcomed by him. And so we Mm -hmm. can, we then have the power um, to be able to, man, forgive people, uh, welcome them into our life, even if there's a risk of offense or hurt. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. And it seems to me that timeline is important in all this, where God's timeline for our life like the grace that he shows us, you know, unwavering judgment in the sense that he doesn't change what's right and wrong, but also unwavering grace, you know, just like you talk about those crossroads, but the timeline for that is our whole life, right? Like, right. he's not like, come on, we've talked about this, like, get it, get it together, you know? And yet I do think part of where I get this wrong on the judgment side is I can say like, Hey, look, I, I got to present the truth at some point. And so I accelerate the timeline on someone's change to the point that they're going to maybe leave or in that situation leave, even Mm -hmm. if they don't leave the church or our relationship, they'll leave that situation. Yes. Because yeah, I did. I I did introduce truth uh, and I was technically justified or technically correct, but my timeline wasn't God's timeline and it wasn't a grace timeline. It wasn't the Holy Spirit's rate of change timeline. It was Aaron Hickson's desire to see this person over it or just have this meeting be over or whatever, like right. dropping a hammer that's ultimately saying, I expect you to be done with this. Are we clear? You know, right. and whereas yep. that is not how God deals with our issues. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really good. I think that's worth thinking about. And the reality is, I think we have, uh, man, we've got a lot of tech that we need to use, sensitivity through the process. That's again, mm-hmm. where relationship comes in big time. Cause if I haven't developed a relationship with you to the point where, you know, I actually care about you. Good luck speaking truth, you know, because oh, come on, say this. <laughs> right. It's just not going to land well. So that begs the question of myself first, have I done the hard work of actually investing in your life to the point where you can now trust that what I say is actually going to be for your good. Hmm. And that's the danger of social media because it just puts us sec- a couple clicks and a couple seconds away from inserting truth or judgment or a lack of awareness into someone's life that we, right. we don't know. Like before social media, I would assume, you know, not that I spent the majority of my, I guess my life is probably... I was going to say, were you before social media? I mean, <laughs> my life is probably 50-50 with the existence <laughs> of social media. But... um you know, you would, in order to say something offensive, maybe you have to write a letter to the editor or something, but like on average, you're going to have to get within a phone call or physical proximity to deliver this, you know, judgment in some way. You're going to have to see the event go down so that you can cast judgment, whatever. Whereas now, because everything's so, we're so far away from people um, and their true stories that it's incredibly easy. It's just never been easier to pass judgment than it is right now. Mm. And why it's probably even more important that we spend as much time as we possibly can on social media and other and offline, making sure that the people that were, if you have a desire to speak truth into someone's relationship, then those need to be the people you're being extra diligent 
to ensure that they know right. you love them, not extra diligent to, you know, fact check every post. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, it's, that's really good. I like that perspective. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, um, I mean, even escalated within just months time, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the tensions that exist in our culture, certainly a lot of racial tension right now. And man, this stuff's just, it almost, it feels like it almost blew up overnight. Of course, that's not true. But it has escalated in a way that I don't know that anyone necessarily saw coming. Uh, I, I want to mention I've got a, a friend that helps pastor a church in Baltimore, in the Baltimore area. And he, um, at their church, they're, they're very intentional about uh, helping people reconcile uh, even through uh, ethnic barriers and things like that. And, and they've done a lot of great work in this area, but they've come to coin a term that I thought was helpful to think about. It's they, they like to call each other gracists that that they would act toward one another right it's just you know obviously playing words but i just think it's a really cool perspective that right and especially in our current cultural moment that wow you know what right that is we've got to own our own um our own tendency to be biased we've got to own our own our own prejudices and we've got to we've got to not try to deny that that we all mess up in these ways but i think again the difference maker is that we have a different lens to look through. And that is that we can be, yeah, in that moment, we can be a a gracist seeking to grace one another and even the person that we might disagree with. I think that would just radically, man, change our our culture in so many ways if we practiced it well. And the amazing thing about grace is that it's fully aware. It, It hides nothing about my contribution to the problem. Right. That's right. Like I can't hide any of my sin when it comes to grace because I, I have to be fully exposed to know that God has forgiven it all, right? And so, when the, especially in these racial conversations, like not only do I have implicit biases, some of which I don't even know about, I even have to own my own failings to see systems in which I'm operating that have ways that they operate that I've just been unaware of. Like, let's say, you know, in living in the majority culture, I have to be. I have to extend the grace to understand that like, wow, there's probably perspectives of people that look differently than me or have lived differently than me that have experienced things that sound wrong to me, that sound incorrect. Like, no, that can't possibly be true. But like what grace says is I'm, I sort of operate on the assumption that most of my initial instincts are going to be wrong. Like I'm so full of sin. I'm right, so full that right, like, right. I have the first step I take is to go, wow, maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm going to reevaluate and I'm going to extend to you the full grace right. of yes. the benefit of the doubt and empathy and sympathy and love right. and understanding. That's my first instinct is like, yes. maybe I need to reevaluate full empathy. And if that were the initial reaction on anything racial, I would imagine that even if we won't, we'll never have simplistic solutions to a, a problem this complicated. But if we started with, maybe I'm wrong, full empathy to you. Yeah. I would imagine our conversation. <sighs> a different po- that's better. a different posture right there, isn't it? <laughs> that's a different posture, but it's amazing. And grace, man, that's such a perfect description of grace. Because if you think about um, just that issue of God's grace, how much of God's grace did you deserve? Um, zero, none. <laughs> so how much, you know, of others grace do you deserve? You don't deserve any, but man, we lavish it on them. They lavish it on us. And it's, 
a game changer. They don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to earn it, just like I didn't have to. That's right. And That's so right. they're they don't have to handle it right for me to extend them grace. That's exactly right. Anyway, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to chat this stuff through and for all your insights on a very complicated topic. I know again, you you stepped right in onto some landmines, and I think you did it with grace. So. Um, thank you for letting us judge your sermons and walk away um, better because of good judgment. <laughs> and, judge away. Uh, this, <laughs> this coming week, um, I believe we're going to hear from Graham next. We I'm are. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's so awesome. Graham is our student ministry director. Can't wait to hear from him. And um, it'll be great as we continue the series. So to our Northridge fam, thanks so much for listening, particularly to the Greece campus. Thank you for lending us your wonderful leader. Mark, anything you want to say to them as we close? Love you guys. Have a great week. Yeah, that's it. we'll see you all hopefully soon, maybe on August the 9th, assuming all goes according to plan. Thanks all everyone for listening. To plan. See you next yeah. week.